Hola, you're listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to live in the middle of a developing tourism town? Sounds great, right? Well, it doesn't come without challenges. Like most people listening, I had a steady job, lots of stress, worked my ass off so I could enjoy vacations. One day, I came to the realization that I needed to embed myself into a vacation permanently, so that's what I did. Now my home is San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua. It's a small town on the Pacific coast with a population of about 15,000 people. I have a small sailboat charter business which pays the bills and leaves a bit left over to cover my habits. And even though we call it paradise, Nicaragua is still a third world country. So picture this, 36-year-old Texas guy and his two trusty Labradors are transplanted into a developing country and they're trying their hardest not to stick out like sore thumbs. These are the stories of what life is like, some good, some bad, but all entertaining. So sit back, relax, and live vicariously through me for about the next 30 or 45 minutes. And I promise you, this stuff can't be made up. CrossFit, and I thought I was in shape, or decently in shape, until I started CrossFit. I met a guy at the gym named Robert. He looked like he was chiseled out of stone. So I said, man, what kind of workouts do you do? And he proceeded to tell me that he taught CrossFit here in town and has a class in the evenings. And I said, man, I'd like to do it, but I'm not going to work out in the evenings. It's too hot. So he worked out a deal with me and is coaching me in the gym which is probably just as hot as the evenings. But I tend to work out more consistently when I force myself to go in the mornings because if I wait around all day, I can talk myself out of it. So we worked out for the first time the other day, and I can barely walk, literally. It's one of those deals where you have muscles that are sore that you never thought you even had before. And not to mention, without going into too much detail, at the end of the workout, after everything was finished... I revisited my light breakfast. But that's good. It tells me that I wasn't cheating anyone, especially myself. And hopefully, I'll start to reap the results of CrossFit. I'm not going to be one of those CrossFit cult guys, though, who make sure that everyone in the house knows that they do CrossFit. They always say that you can always tell when someone knows CrossFit, whether they're a marathon runner, or they're a pilot, or they're a vegan. Because they'll tell you. You don't even have to ask them. I'm not going to be that guy. I just wanted to whine a little bit about being sore. 
and revisiting breakfast after a workout. But be prepared, because I'll probably continue to whine every now and then. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different than most podcasts. And the reason for that is I had to interview somebody, not so much about what life is like down here in paradise, but what their life has been like, simply because this is probably the only chance that I will ever have to interview someone with the title that this person had. And that person was the Playboy Playmate of the Year from 1961. It doesn't have much to do with Nicaragua, but it's interesting. And I tried to ask or think of all the questions or items that people would want to know. Her name was Linda Gamble, G-A-M-B-L-E, and she lives down here in San Juan del Sur. And she's like a friend of a friend. She's actually friends with uh, Karen and Jerry. So they invited her up to my house. I, I told them that I wanted to interview her, and I'd met her a couple times. And I told them to invite her up and they'd bring her up here and would cook dinner and would sit down and interview her. So that's what we did. They came up. I cooked beef tenderloin, grilled chicken, steamed broccoli, roasted potatoes, and I made bananas foster for dessert. But I'll get to that in just a second. I got one more thing I want to talk about before I queue up the interview. I went to Rivas the other day. Well, let me back up. Ronnie comes to me on Thursday about 2 o'clock, and he says, hey, we are out of pig food. And I was like, completely out? And he said, well, we've got a little bit for this afternoon, but we don't have any for tomorrow morning. And I said, Ronnie, you got to tell me a couple of days ahead of time. I said, no one likes to have to get in the truck, and drive 45 minutes to go pick up pig food at the last minute. He kind of looked at me like I was crazy. I, I, I think that he was probably thinking something like, you're going to cry. You've got this big, nice vehicle with air conditioning and music to get in, to drive and go buy a pig feed, and you're going to whine about it? And so I kind of felt stupid after I thought that. But he was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'll tell you sooner next time. So normally the protocol is it's a chance for me and Ronnie to hop in the truck and hang out together and, me to ask him questions and for him to point and snicker at every girl we drive past. But since he's off on Fridays, I got up Friday morning and went by myself. And the store in Rivas, where you buy the pig feed, is like a feed store. It'd be, it'd be similar to a feed store. It doesn't have all the cool stuff that feed stores have, but it's got the basic stuff. Pig feed, chicken feed, baby live chickens, vaccinations, and that kind of stuff. But it's like right in the heart of the market area, which just gets congested with people and traffic. So it's always nice to have Ronnie with me because he can hop out at the store. If there's nowhere to park, he'll just hop out, get everything sorted out, get the pig feed, and then I'll just make a lap around the block, come back, hand him the money. He hands it to the vendor. They throw it in the truck, and we keep going. Well, this time, since I was by myself, I had to find a parking spot. And it's always real tight. It's always crowded. So I pull up in front of the store, and of course, there's nowhere to park. So blood pressure went up just a little bit. Not a lot, but just a little bit. I started driving forward. No parking, no parking, no parking. I finally was like, you know what? Screw it. I parked like five blocks away. And then I was, as I was walking down to the feed store, I thought, how am I going to carry three bags at 100 pounds each of pig feed? and one bag of dog food at like 40 or 50 pounds. 
I was like, I'm not. So as I was walking, I saw all these guys that had those things. I think they're called rickshaws, like the bicycles with the benches in front where they would just pedal you wherever you need to go. And I thought, even if I have to hire two of these guys to split up the load and carry it back to my truck, it's going to cost maybe like 2 or $3. So at that point, my blood pressure went down, and I kind of just enjoyed the walk and the sights of the market in Rivas, which is a lot of raw meat, a lot of beans and rice and bags, a lot of spices, and a lot of people selling shoes. But it's always cool to see, and everyone wants to stop you and show you what they have, and they don't understand that I wear size 11, and they don't have that. But anyway, I get to the feed store. I tell them I need three bags of pig feed and one bag of dog food. I ask them if I can pay with a credit card. They're like, of course. So they write up the ticket, and then about that time, the guy writing up the ticket picks up the phone and makes a phone call. And I assume he's talking to the owner because I catch some words of credit card, pig feed, dog food. And what he was doing was verifying that I could pay with a credit card to buy that stuff. And so he hangs up and he comes back to me and he said, we have to charge you 10% for a credit card. And I was like, 10%? Why? He said, okay, well, we have to charge you 10% on the pig feed, but we can do 7% on the dog food. And I said, okay, that's fine, but why are you charging me the 10%? He said, oh, because it's a credit card. And so I don't know if they're getting charged 10% or if they're getting charged a normal 3% and just tacking on an additional 7% for a big question mark. I I don't know, but I was like, okay, well, you've got me in a bind here. I don't have the cash. I've got a credit card. You got the feed. Let's do this. So we did it, and I sourly walked outside while they were still meticulously writing out paperwork, looking for a guy with a bike that could carry on my feed back to my truck. So... A little man pedals up on a bike, and he doesn't have the bench in the front. He's got the bench removed in a big platform. I was like, oh, this man's got him a little flatbed. He's ready to haul some product. So we loaded the bags onto there, and they're still doing paperwork. We loaded the bags onto his little flatbed, and he asks, where you park? And I was like, man, I'm parked like five blocks that way. He's like, what kind of vehicle? It's like a black Toyota Tacoma. So he takes off up the road. I finish the transaction. I walk back to the truck. He's already got all the bags loaded into the truck. And he's headed back towards the feed store area. So I gave him a dollar tip, and he acted like it was Christmas morning. He was very thankful for that dollar, and I was very happy to give him that dollar to keep me from having to carry 350 pounds of feed back to the truck. After I got all that wrapped up, got back in the truck, and I was ready to kind of reward myself for a task that normally takes two people. I guess since I proved to myself that I could do it by myself, I was like, well, I'm going to go have a reward now. And although I normally try to eat healthy and I try to eat good here, I walked into a little coffee shop. I was going to get myself a big cup of coffee, and they had something I just could not resist. It was pecan pie. And it was not the pecan pie that I've had in Texas all my life around Thanksgiving and Christmas time. It's not the pecan pie that you can get at like a bake sale in elementary school. Or what do they call it? A cakewalk, I think. It's not the pecan pie that you can even get in Luby's. It's not, it's not even as good as Luby's pecan pie. But when you don't have pecan pie anywhere around you, even terrible pecan pie is still pretty good. So I slowly drank my coffee and ate my one slice of pecan pie 
as I drove back home. And that made the entire trip worthwhile. I just hope that they don't have pecan pie every time that I go to Rebus. Last episode, I mentioned about a safe situation. And that is the key to the safe broke off into the keyhole. And I was really hopeful that we were going to get to destroy the safe. But the property manager came over and we typed in the code on the keypad and he just stuck a screwdriver into the lock and turned it. And I felt kind of stupid for not thinking of that. But he did and we got it open and we got the cash out. So I don't know if I'm going to keep using the safe and just only you have the keypad to, to lock it and unlock it or if I'm going to bother getting another one. Either way, I got the money out. And the safe situation didn't really come to that exciting of an end. Okay, now the moment you've all been waiting for, I hope. It's the interview with Linda Gamble, Playboy Playmate of the Year from 1960. I'm not exactly sure if she's Playmate of the Year awarded in 1961 for her work done in 1960. But she's Playmate of the Year, one of those two years. I think 1961. But anyway, she's an extremely fascinating lady. She's got a ton of stories. And she has the bluest eyes of anyone I've ever seen. They're, almost, they're so light, they're almost clear. It's hard to like focus on anything when she's talking because their eyes are just like, they, they don't even look real. They're like marbles. But either way, she's hilarious. Uh, she's crazy. She doesn't take crap from anyone. And she's just down here doing her thing. Just uh, happens to be a celebrity. So without further ado, sit back, relax, enjoy the interview. Okay, Linda, so you were born where? Oh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh. Okay, you don't have to tell me what year, so I'm not going to ask. No. The, okay, so now you, and, and the reason that you're here is why? Why do you think that I wanted to have you here? Um, I don't know. You wanted to talk to me. Interview, interview of Playmate of the Year. Yeah, yeah. Because this is probably the only time you're in my entire life. I guess, yeah, with that. Yeah, that I'll be able to do that. Yeah. All right. So... Give me like just a brief rundown of of your life in a nutshell until the day before that you realized there was a chance you might be in Playboy. Oh, okay. Well, it's pretty ordinary, you know, my life uh, growing up and going to school and and uh, went to uh, left Pittsburgh, went to California for you know uh, excitement or whatever, change mm-hmm. of pace. And 
started. About how old were you when you did that? Um, 17. 17. Left Pittsburgh. And mom and dad, what were they doing when you left Pittsburgh to go uh, to college? They were living in Pittsburgh. I just told them I wanted to leave. And did they support you? Were they mad at you? No, no. They supported me. thought I was a little crazy, but they, you know, I was just, uh, Pittsburgh wasn't doing it for me. I wanted to do more um, adventurous. So mm-hmm. went to uh, L.A. and um, started modeling. And the first photographer I went to was Mario Casilli, who is now famous in, in the Playboy um, industry, and uh, took my picture and said he was going to send it in to Playboy. Uh, is it okay? And I said, sure. Mm-hmm. He sent it in. They and you accept- were 17? Yeah. And they, they accepted it. And um, then it became a playmate. Okay, so so after they sent in that photo, how long was it before you actually took, did the photo shoot? Um, w- right away, as soon as he sent it in, they they uh, within a month, I guess, oh, wow. something like that. Yeah. Okay. You know, they they look at them and they choose, and they were interested and said, yes, we want her take pictures of her for a playmate, playmate uh-huh. centerfold. And so did he take those pictures, or did you go to some Mario Casilli took the, all oh, the pictures, took, yeah. And that was in L.A.? Mm-hmm. And, okay. And that was in 60? 60, 61. 60. Uh, six, yeah, probably end of 60, early 61. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what did they pay you to do it? Um, I don't remember, but it wasn't much. It was probably $20,000 or something like that. Wow. Back then? Yeah. That's a pretty good amount of money. Well, yeah, but... Yeah. yeah, but you get a lot of, you know, perks with that, you know, too, you know. Right. But, yeah, the cash was a lot, but now that I look back on it, it wasn't anything, but, yeah. So did that, was that like a springboard for your career, or what, what happened after that? Mm, nothing, it wasn't for my career. I didn't, wasn't interested in doing anything, you know, past that, I mean. That was so did you continue doing other types of modeling, or what did you do career-wise? Nope. No, I went to work for the Playboy. Went to work for the Playboy Club. As soon as I got to play, so when you when you become a playmate, they sign you signed a contract, a mm-hmm. lifetime contract with them, and that's when the play, they had Playboy Club in Chicago then. And that's like a it was like a bar or what? what nightclub. Oh, nightclub. Okay. Very sophisticated, and it was also a private club then, mm-hmm. only. Only key members, only certain people, you know, you had to, now they're illegal, but at that time they were allowed to have private clubs. So they also say you can work at the Playboy Club. As like a waitress? Yep. Yeah. A bunny. You're, you could be a waitress, you could be a door bunny, you could, you know, uh, yeah, mostly that was it. Uh huh. And so what, were your parents still were cool with all this? They were fine with you? Oh, being yeah, playable? sure they were, yeah. They were a little shocked at first. Um, uh, my mother wasn't, she was, you know, she was all for it, but, uh, at first they did because, yeah, Pittsburgh, ooh, you know, it's a little honky-tonk town then, but now it's not, uh, but it was, and, um, so, yeah, they were, they were cool with it, yeah. And so you were living in Chicago, but was this before the Playboy Mansion was there? No, the Playboy Mansion was there. It was there. Were you living yeah. there? I uh, could have if I wanted to, uh, but at the time I didn't because, um, why didn't I? Let me think. <laughs> uh, oh, because I was living, uh, I wasn't even living in Chicago then. I was living in California. Mm, but you were working at the... I would, before I started working at the club, yeah. When, I, when they gave me the contract, when I completed my pictures, 
which took probably six months, seven months, a long time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, then they, you sign a contract, and then they say, also, you, you, have to, uh, you can work at the Playboy Club. We'd like you to work at the Playboy Club. And um, I said yes, and then I, that's when I moved to Chicago and work, start working the club. And you were, by this time, you were, what, 20, 19, or still? Oh, God, I have no idea. You don't know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, probably, I don't know. Wasn't that long after I took the picture, within a year that I was there. It was in, with the first year that I became, I was in the magazine, I was working the Playboy Club uh, in Chicago. Okay. And, yeah. And did you like working there? Loved it. How long did you work there? Probably um, two years, two, two or three years. And what, what did you like most about it? Um, the, the fun, the, um, you know, uh, everything, the fun, the money, uh, what was not to like about working Just at the party point. pretty much all the time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was pretty much, yeah. Yeah, some big-time famous people come in there? Absolutely. Nothing, but at that time it was a private club. You could only be certain you had to be approved to be a member then. So, what are some names of people that we might recognize that oh, frequented there? You name it. I mean, they, they were all there. All, all the celebrities were in there. I mean, they, you know, at that time there was the, the Rat Pack. You know, Sinatra and Jimmy James Jr. and all those people were coming in. Uh, a lot of the uh, baseball players. Were, would be coming there, Mickey Mantle and all the, you know, Yankees and the celebrities. Yeah, yeah. all of them. Yeah, so comedians and everybody was there. Did Most some of. people come frequent enough to where you got to know their personalities and know them? And um, yeah, some. And uh, so, of of the people that you got to know, who were some of your favorite people that came there? Frequently? Celebrities. Yeah. I don't know his name, but he used to play on. Oh, he used to play Wyatt Earp on television. He used to come in there all the time because he dated my roommate. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I forget his name. Anyway, there was a lot. My I think my favorite guy was um, Peter Falk when he came in because he was uh, was quite uh, interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's when he was new in the, in you know in uh, his his career too. So do you have any crazy stories that uh, oh you could unveil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Who, I don't know if who I Who's the biggest tipper? Oh, God, no, they were all big tippers. You know, the tips were that, uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't even go by that. You know, so you made your money with tips, not uh, yeah. wages. So you were happy with the wages you were making at the Playboy Club. Oh yeah, we made good money. We, uh -huh. you know, we made anywhere between five hundred to a thousand dollars a night in, in tips, and that was big money then. Yeah, yeah it's big money now. <laughs> but you know, the way the club was set up, they had uh, they when you came when you when you were a member there, you could only spend bunny money there. Oh really? It was called bunny money. It was this fake paper money, bunny money, and that's how you paid your bill and, and made your tips. So and it was big, huge, you know paper money that nobody's going to take that home with them or want to, you know, so they just, you know, give it away and cash it in for money and, and, you know, give it to you. So the reason why they did that was to keep people from taking money? or what was I the think reason so. I don't know. It was just a, it was a gimmick type gimmick. of thing, bunny money. So know. you traded your cash in for bunny money? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, bunny money, yeah. It was 
<laughs> every bunny, everything, every piece of bunny money was a dollar, you know, and and yeah, it was, that's the way it was set up. Did they have entertainment in the clubs? Oh yeah, they had a lot of a lot of entertainment. A lot of a lot of famous people came out of Playboy, you know, uh, the Playboy Entertainment. Um, Rona Martin, you know, uh, they, that's how they made their big career from a Playboy work, working Playboy Club. So tell me how you learned that you you became Playmate of the Year. How did that all go down? Okay, well, first of all, Heff was dating one of the Playmates in my year, 1960. He was dating um, one of the Playmates. So everybody figured that she was going to be Playmate of the Year, right? But yeah, Do you remember yeah. her name? Yeah, Joni Mattis. Okay. A good friend, you know, we were all good friends. But I didn't pay any attention to that. Nobody else did, but whatever, it's no big deal. And then one day I was working uh, in the cl- on the club, and somebody called and said, you have to go to um, the Heff's um, office downtown Chicago right now. And so I had to run upstairs, get out of my bunny uh, costume, and go get clo- clothes and go down to the office. It was probably 8 or 9 o'clock at night. I went down there, and he was there. I went down there. I had no idea. I thought I was in trouble, at first of all. And then I went to this office, and everything was all closed, and he was there. And he had this, it was this big office. All, all my pictures were all over the floor and the desk. And uh, he said, I said, okay, well, what's going on? What's going on? He goes, well, we, you know, this is our time of the year to pick the playmate of the year, and uh, we have chosen you. And he said, we choose you by your popularity from fans or whatever and everything else. He said, but I have the final say-so. And I choose, I choose you, you know, for playing with the year. I'm like, ooh, wowie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was a young kid. I was like yeah. a teenager, okay? So I'm not impressed that much with all this um, stuff. And so we're like, okay, whoopee. And then um, he <laughs> said, and then he goes, uh, uh, um, so you're going to be the playmate of the year. And I'm like, okay. And then I felt like something. I said, well, um, does that mean I have to sleep with you or something first? Or, you know, I was, I was really. I said that, and he goes like, "Absolutely not. This is not how you're going to be chosen. Absolutely not. 100 percent not. But if you want to, is that what he said? Absolutely, <laughs> word for word. But if you want to, I wouldn't. You know, wouldn't. You know, we're like, no, I don't want to. He goes, well, that doesn't matter. You're still going to be playman of the year. I just want to let you know that. So, boom, boom, and that was it. And he goes, okay, you can go back to work. I, Ran outside, took a cab, went back to work, and that was it. And I told everybody. Surely you're excited, though. You were. Pretty- I, I, yeah, I was excited because I was uh, kind of dumbfounded that he wasn't going to choose his the girlfriend. But he's that's how honest he is. That's how professional he is. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just because he's with a girlfriend, it, it, he he didn't choose uh, like that. And I was very impressed with that. And him and I were good good friends. Good um, good. Good so guy. he was a good guy, good personality. Oh, easy to absolutely, talk to. he's a good yeah. guy. Yes, he's, yeah. yeah. You, you won't hear anybody say anything bad about him. Any of the girls, the people that work for him, will never ever. I don't. I don't remember anybody saying anything bad about him. He's not that kind of guy. So did did his girlfriend get catty or jealous no, or anything? No, Joni. No, she's great. Great girl. No, she didn't. Of course not. No. Was there any of that going on amongst no, any of the other girls? No, 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 no. Yeah, there, there was no country shit. Oh, oh sorry. No, no, you can say whatever. Yeah, you can cuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was no country shit then because, you know, it's not, it's not like mean people. To, people are mean today, you know. In those days, the 60s, you know, people weren't mean in those days. We, weren't, we all got along. We were like sisters. We were, 
you know, close and, you know, all, we all lived together and helped each other. It was nothing. It was all good. And so what, what did you do after you finished working in the Playboy Club? Where did your life go? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> well, then I became a dancer and a stripper and, uh, you know, in the, I, st- I stayed in the nightclub business. business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In um, Chicago? Everywhere. I went, you know, I traveled um, around and danced around to different uh, places, San Francisco, Reno, Vegas, whatever, just stuff like that. Where's your favorite place? Do you have a favorite? Um, probably San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Did you date any of the people that famous people yeah, that came through there? We never allowed to date anybody oh, in that club. Okay. Never, ever, ever. No, you could get fired for that. That makes sense. Yeah, that was. Uh, he he ran a tight ship, very tight ship. It was a fun place to work, you know. But then it was different too when. Um, you know, time changed and everything, and it wasn't the same either. When it first opened, it was cool and, and a lot of fun, and it was always a lot of fun, but I was tired of it. Mm-hmm. So what, what changed? Oh, I don't know what changed. Uh, I think the management, a lot of, you know, people that came in, you know, it was when I first worked there, it was small, you know, and... Then it started getting, you know, bigger and more complicated. Right. And uh, some dickheads uh, came in, and and uh, I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't I can't, work for I the can't work for a dickhead. Sorry. I don't blame you. <laughs> I couldn't work for a dickhead either. When you were in Chicago, were there a lot of parties? Mm-hmm. Like, would there be parties with all the playmates? And- At the mansion? You better believe so it every night. So there was a mansion in Chicago? That's where it started. When I worked there, the mansion was in Chicago. That's what all started. The Playboy Mansion that, that he, um, I think, eventually donated to the Art Institute or something at, at one time when he moved to California. But oh no, the parties were there. Yeah. What about was there, was drugs big there? Was it uh, publicly like? Was I it don't known? know. I didn't take it. I didn't do any drugs, but I, I don't think there was a, a in, in those drugs. days in the '60s. Come on, there wasn't hardcore drugs then. So it wasn't a big deal. No, yeah. no, yeah. I don't think it was. So what are your thoughts on the announcement of Playboy that they're not going to be doing full nudity? Anymore? I just heard that. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. You know, I'm going out to California uh, in a couple of months, and I'm going to go to um, visit the, um, the mansion. I'm going to go see half and, and find out. And I'm not find out, but, you know, just check everything out. I go there and visit, you know, right. when I go. Once a year or how no, often? I, not once a year. Hell no. Um, I haven't been there for several years, but when I do go, I, I'm... Uh, I'm on the uh, the list. All I do is say Linda Gamble and boom. Nice. Do you get to stay there when you go? No, you don't no. stay there. Oh. He, 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 that's not set up for staying there. Yeah, no. I mean, he has some, I'm sure, special guests stay there, but no. No, I just go visit because there's a party there every night. Every, every night it's a party. Does Half go to every party? He's usually there, pretty much, yeah. And he lives there. He's usually there, but... A lot of times, no. A lot of times I've been there, and um, I can tell you one story that I don't know if you want to put this on. Uh, yeah, tell me everything you got. Okay, well, here's one story. I, we were leaving. We were leaving. <laughs> a couple of girls, we went to a party there, and we were leaving. But 3 o'clock in the morning, and um, as we were about 4, 5, or 6 of us, and, and um, we're leaving the mansion, and in walked uh, Billy Idol and Gene Simmons. And uh, we, we stayed, and uh, we... 
got high with them. I'm probably not going to, I shouldn't say that. But we did. We, we got high with Jen, Gene Simmons and Billy Idol at the mansion for uh, a little bit, and then we, then we left. So it was like a highlight. Of Gene, Simmons, of Gene Simmons, oh, from Kiss. Gene yes, Simmons. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. But you like Billy Idol. There was a lot of, um, there was like every, uh, every, anybody in Hollywood's been to the mansion in, in, in L.A., you know. In Chicago, there was a lot of um, people there, too, but not like, a, you know, in L.A. I mean, they're, every night, they're there. Yeah. So when you weren't working, did you have a favorite club that you'd go to? Well, we, when we worked at the Playboy Club in Chicago, it was very strict. Now, I don't know how they did it in California, but in the 60s, it was the first, you know, Thing that people were trying to bust jam, you know, he had the first uh, play uh, n- naked, you know, magazine, and a lot of people were, you know, city fathers and all this were trying to were coming down on him. But the thing is, um, uh, he it was very strict on us in Chicago club in those days. We weren't allowed to have anybody pick us up. Your daddy, your brother, your preacher, whatever, was not allowed to pick us up in front of the club. We had to walk out of the club and go home. We weren't even allowed in the near north area, if you know Chicago, the near north with all the nightclubs and all the action, we weren't allowed to we weren't allowed to participate in that because we weren't didn't want to see the bunnies being out being, you know Raising hell. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of times we did though. Yeah. We got busted, yeah, but uh, got reprimanded. So where would you go? Out of town, other places, you know, like in the outskirts, whatever we weren't but we didn't really go anywhere. We'd go to the mansion and party, you know, every night just about. We'd have to go to clubs. But there was a couple of times we, we went out and got, you know, reprimanded like, oh, you were seen out last night, you know, at the nightclub, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Phyllis Diller was there performing and she said she reckoned. <laughs> she was performing in an audience and she recognized there was bunnies in the audience and blah, blah, blah. And now we're. You know, they call us all in. That's how tight he was. It was that's how what a tight should be. And you cannot be seen. Supposed to be the, you know, naked little girl <laughs> next door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a girl next door. That was his big claim to fame. The girl uh-huh. next door. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, we got. He wanted just, you know, to be, uh, you know, respectful and everything. So, yeah. And then you've heard the story, the old story that. When he was working for Esquire, he went to the Esquire and told them about what he wanted, this Playboy Club. And he went to Esquire in another um, uh, magazine. I forget what it was. It's still around today. And went to them and pr- pr- promoted, tried to promote this uh, idea he had about the Playboy Club. But no, nobody would uh, do it because in those days it was no, you know, it was, it was in the late 50s. No, Nobody wanted to see any. Um, now, whew, what a big difference now. The pornography uh, d- or um, is is killing you know the the uh, the Playboy thing. It's, yeah, uh, that's what they said. Like anybody is like one click away from whatever they want to see. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I read the other day that their subscriptions sucks. were five point six million in nineteen seventy six, and now they're at eight hundred eighty thousand. And to be honest with you, like I would like to see like Playboy go with Hef. Like when Hef goes, I, I kind of want to see Playboy go. Yeah. You know, because no one's going to be able to replace him. Or... And I think it will go. I think, yeah, I think, I think it will that's too. what's going to happen too. I yeah. think it's pretty much, it's not, it, it, how can it go anywhere else? If he goes, I think it's all over. Yeah. yeah. But, but I don't think he has um, overall say in the 
management right now? Like, there's what? probably so many divisions of. No, Hefner of, has. The, no, he's always been number one. To, uh, he okay. always, oh yeah, because he, I thought his daughter had a lot. His daughter, to do with it, no, he still is has the number one say. His daughter, mm-hmm. is, but uh, I, I never thought she was interested or whatever. Bad choice there, but anyway. Yeah, I heard that they make way more money on their licensing of their emblems and logos and all that than they do yeah. actually magazine yeah. publications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, he he's seeing it, but. It's sad. It's a, just a new era. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Now they want, you know, before we used to cover our, you know, TNA up, now they want to look inside. So, but that's what kind of people we're breeding out there today. Yeah. Good Lord. Instant gratification. Yeah. Ugh, God. Right. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me it is. So, when you were working at the club, that was, uh, like you said, the initial payment for the photos wasn't that much but but you made a good good living when you oh, were working yeah, at the yeah. and tips yeah we had made a good living and um also the fun we had and uh um god the notoriety we had anyway we went in chicago or you know we didn't have to pay for anything we're for a to the to this day you know there's places in chicago that um that you're known yeah or any, you know, playmate or whatever, they treat differently, you know, with more respect. Yeah. I bet you, like, still probably are, but recognized in public quite a bit, huh? Yeah, in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago, because it's a lot more there. But, no, not any, not here or any, here. They don't even know what the hell Playboy is here. Like, I was, I was, a, I was a star in the United States. I hear I come in here, it's like, what, who, what? <laughs> Playboy, what? They didn't even know. They didn't even sell the book here, yeah. and the play, you know the magazine. So, but it's okay. I don't care about that. I don't care. It's I'm over it. Well, it's definitely it, something it, cool. It's like a limited club. There's only fifty or sixty of you guys around, right? I mean, Playmate of the Year. It's not easy to come. Oh by. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's one a year for yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a title that uh, nobody has. Right. You have, it's one one title. Um, you know, it's not like other titles that can be taken out. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. I like it, yeah. And um, I miss the parties at the mansion, you know, because when I lived there, it was, you know, it was more uh, easier to go to the mansion, but now it's not. Tough but to get I, there. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to go and see a lot of the people. Bet. Yeah. So you have an open invitation? Can you go back whenever you want? Yeah. Yeah. Well, any playmate has, uh, you know, your carte blanche. I mean, you're on the guest list. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. So when you were there recently? I'll take some of my grandkids now. Oh, yeah? I bet they like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to love it. Yeah, I've taken all my kids already. My sons have gone there, and uh, they loved it. They had a good time. But uh, now my grandkids will go. When your sons were growing up and their friends would come around, did they? was there kind of like a unspoken thing going on there or how did that all work with my kids yeah your kids and your friends i don't know if you had sons or like surely their friends were teenagers and they came over and oh, they had yeah, heard stories yeah. about you oh my god yeah yeah well in those days uh they were selling playboy magazine in the grocery stores and the 7-elevens and stuff so um i mean the kids would be coming up from school and then sometimes uh 
my magazine, because you know, you come out, you know, Playmates Revisited, blah, 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 Playmates of the Year Revisited, so there, I was in the magazine three or four times a year, and so they would like, you know, see their friends looking at my pictures or something like that, and they go there and beat them on the head, you know, that's my mom you're looking at, you know, hey, your mom's in there, uh, naked in the magazine, you know, whatever. It was kind of, it was interesting for them, you know, they, they, um, grew, they grew up with it, my kids grew up with it, and they didn't, you know, they took it kind of... So you, you were never ashamed of it? You never didn't tell your kids that you... Oh, I was never ashamed of it. No, hell no. How could you be ashamed of it? No, I was never ashamed of it. And they weren't either. But they didn't see it any... You know, they just thought, like, hey, you know, quit looking at my mom, you know? <laughs> and then um, when they went to the boys' club one time, they came home and said, Mom, the guy at the boys' club, the coach or whatever his name was, and he wants that, uh, one of your magazines. And I'm going to go, tell me he ain't getting that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so they were going, like, oh, please, please, please. You know, so it was stuff like that happening. It was fun. So, so you don't mind signing my two magazines? No, absolutely no? Oh, not. <laughs> you do, do you have old copies? Do you have the old originals? I have some. I have a storage room in Chicago that um, I have a lot of stuff. I'm, I don't remember what I have right now, but I try to hang on to it because those copies that you have are rare. You know, they're really rare. Yeah. Well, if you want them, you can have them. Like if you, if you need Oh, no, no. I, you're no. good? You're set? You're yeah, all set? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, okay yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. That's a nice offer, yeah. Now, what is that giant sparkly thing around your, around your neck there? This is a gift from Hef. He gives us a Christmas gift every year. Every year? Every year. You we still get them? Every, wow. Just Playmates. So that's a diamond-studded bunny. Uh, yeah, bunny thing. He gave that to us. One, one could vent, one, uh, it was like a 50th year... Uh, his 50th year or 30 year, 40th year, whatever, he had a big uh, party and we all got these. Um, and that's, he gave it just to the Playmate of the Years? Just, just to, to the Playmates. Oh, playmates. okay. Yeah, all, only Playmates, 12, 12 a year. Right. And um, so, and we get, every year, the Playmates get a Christmas gift, like we got silver, little compacts, uh, all kinds of little silver, a lot of silver um, earrings and it's nice, nice. Just a very thoughtful. Yeah, thing. that's a lot of people to keep up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I yeah. know, but that's how. That's what he's all about. He's, he's, he's a good person. Yeah. Does he yeah. does he party much or what? What does he does he take it easy? Oh, he parties much. Yeah, he parties I'm, much. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's healthy. He put, yeah, he likes to party. He, not party party. I mean, he's you know I don't know when you when you say party, but he's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's known as not being the guy that wants to go to bed early. He's known as the guy that leads the charge through the night. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like yeah. He's there at the parties. He's there at the mansion. He looks good, healthy, yeah. you know, happy. Yeah. It'd be hard not to be. Exactly. <laughs> Being exactly. that guy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time. Do you have anything else to add or mm -hmm. any other stories? Probably, but I just don't remember them right now. Yeah, no, that's fine. We can we can do it we again. Can, we, well, yeah, we'll get back at this. I'll remember some stuff. And yeah, uh, maybe take some notes or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll do yeah. that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Karen, thank you. Oh, thank you. And... Um, Appreciate it. Now we can have a um, signing of the, yeah, of the magazines. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks.
Well, I hope you enjoyed it. That was the interview from the Playmate of the Year from 1961. That's going to wrap up today's show. Thanks for listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, keep them to yourself. No, I'm just kidding. surf at gmail.com. I got a pretty cool email the other day from someone who's found my show living in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I have no idea how they found it, but I'm grateful to have a listener in Michigan. I always just suspected that it was only my family listening, but it sounds like I'm growing. So please tell a friend if you like it. If you don't like it, tell me what I can do better. Thanks again for listening. Life in Paradise podcast. Keep it tranquilo. Fame, don't need a credit card.